It's now time for the breakfast show with your hosts Lyle and Mon. Mon, I'm confused. Why am I not surprised? Is it the breakfast Bible quiz? Am I confused you? No, <laughs> what it's not the breakfast me? Bible quiz. I'm What's not confused. Got What's got you confuddled, Lyle? I don't know whether I'm here or not. Re- <laughs> I don't know where I am. Let me reach out. I don't know what's going on. Let me reach out and punch you on that. I'm on radio. For okay, you. go ahead. Punch me right now. <laughs> I, I didn't feel anything. I didn't Producer feel anything. Producer Shell, bring him closer so I can actually just gave you an invitation to punch and I'm missing out. <laughs> no. Uh, our listeners are also list- uh, missing out, Lyle. They're yes. missing out on uh, the breakfast uh, show with Lyle and Mon. But we are doing a highlights reel. This is uh, a couple of best ofs that Producer Shell put together for our listeners just just to tide them over to the next thing. Um, hits breakfast, breakfast radio here on Faith FM. So yeah, stay tuned. Got a couple of oldies but goodies coming up for you. Quick update, everybody. Just letting you know that The Breakfast Show uh, has a review coming to the new governing board and new chairman uh, on the 29th of October. So between now and then, we would love you to stay tuned and keep us in your prayers. Alas, and did my Saviour bleed Did my sovereign die would he devote that sacred head Someone such as I At the cross, at the cross Where I first saw light The burden of my heart rolled away And it was there by faith I received my sight And now I am happy all the day it for Christ that I have done He suffered on a tree Amazing pity Grace 
welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 8718 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and just at this moment, there is Lyle and... Lawson. What are we doing here, Lawson? Oh, are, we, are we even I don't here? Know, we're speaking? <laughs> well, we're not where actually are here. we? We were both in the studio together and we thought, hey, you know what? There's a pre-recorded uh, best of show going tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Let's record an intro for it. And so we did. <laughs> so we'll give you the long range weather. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like Schrodinger's radio program because oh. we might be here tomorrow morning. But we could, we, we could be here, but you're Anything listening to happen. us in the past. That's right. So this, this is wild. Um, but let's look at the weather right it's across like the frequency. <laughs> frequency with, with, with radio waves going across time. Oh, across time and dimensions. Yes. Well, then we don't even know when this weather is let's, from. Let, let's, so let's, see, let's see where this weather will work for tomorrow, shall okay. we? Okay. See how good our forecasters are yep. for tomorrow. Yeah, yep. let's see what we can do. Perth. Um, Sunny with a top of 22. Adelaide, rain with a top of 18. Melbourne, rain with a top of 18. Uh, Hobart, shower 2 with a top of 16. Canberra, shower 2 with a top of 24. Sydney, partly cloudy with a top of 25. Newcastle, partly cloudy with a top of 30. Hold one here in Newcastle. Brisbane, cloud clearing with a top of 29. And finally, Darwin, sunny with a top of 33. There you go. You've heard it right here on Faith FM, where we do can do some uh, amazing things. And uh, yeah, just uh, Lawson, we should do what we're thankful for. What do you reckon? Yeah, sure. You know what I'm thankful for? What? I'm just thankful that you and I happen to be randomly here in the studio, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, let's record this. Mm-hmm. And Lawson's like, yeah, okay. So I, I'm just super thankful this morning that Lawson is a uh, is a volunteering kind of individual. Yeah. I got a good spirit. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of eh, on that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I kind of think you just blew it there, Lawson. We were having lots of good vibes going there. You know, big, big back slapping session. And uh, yeah, anyway, what are you thankful for today, Lawson? Um, oh, let's see. Added MSG. Added. Okay. Added. 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 Monosodium glutamate. Yes. You know this can be really bad for oh, you. Oh, yeah, it's terrible for you. And so why would added oh, MSG be a positive thing? Makes things taste so good. <laughs> so this is Lawson, who has become vegan and now is lusting after MSG. Yeah, I am. <laughs> All right, you all need to be praying for Lawson this morning. Amen. He is struggling. But right now we're going to head back to our best of show and we might even give you a news story. We'll see how we go.
decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The Breakfast Show bits you may have missed. What are you doing over there? Raw potatoes again? Is that raw potatoes? No, that is, is nut it raw juice. pumpkin. Oh, it's nut juice. Okay, nut that's all right juice. then. Yeah, yeah, nut juice and water because it's yeah, a little bit grainy. So, <laughs> I thought nut juice would be super like fattening, and I thought you were trying to lose some weight with this. No, I mean, well, if you if you overeat nuts and if you eat like roasted, salted ones that have like additives added to them, that can be fattening. But this is only like a, a handful of nuts, and then you soak them overnight, and then you blend them, and then you strain them multiple times. Um, and then you drink it. So and it's, is it, uh, it's is it, and raw is it, nuts. Is it drinkable? Raw. Can you drink this one without pulling the yeah. faces that you were pulling yesterday? I'm yeah. so much enjoying the face. I wish I was like, we need to have I this I will on not Facebook. be making those horrific juices again. <laughs> this morning I made sure to taste test all my juices. This one is, is a lot more palatable. Usually when I make, like when I make nut milk for like my cereal and stuff, I do add a sweetener and some vanilla and stuff. So there's nothing added to this. So it is a little. A little harder to stomach, but it is not not the worst. It's not terrible. Okay, yeah. now you're drinking it. I noticed out of a flexible straw that has all kinds of ribs and stuff through it. Yeah. Do you do you reuse that or do you? Yeah, it's disgusting. I, today I got paid last night. I'm so happy. I'm going to the shop today. And I'm <laughs> going to buy a straw cleaner, like this little like a tiny tiny little dish brush that you shove in the straw and you clean. Yeah, it's it's like number one on my shopping list. So. Yeah, I've got one of those. You do? Yeah. Can I have it? I use it for cleaning my spray gun. <laughs> oh hey, maybe I could go like to an like a mechanic kind of shop, a, a dude shop, instead of going yeah. to Kmart. Just go to uh, any any gun shop would sell you something. A like gun shop it, would clean the inside of that straw. <laughs> oh, too funny, Lyle. Yes. I know you're laughing now, but I'm about to wipe that laugh off your face. <laughs> okay. I'm going <gonna, laughs> to ask you a really really hard question, and I'm, I'm going to make you sound super horrible. Oh, I'm so excited is, this about this. This is not good. This is not Let good. me tell you about my good news today. <clears throat> so a seven-year-old girl has just become the youngest female ever to hike up Mount Kilimanjaro. A seven-year-old. Seven-year-old girl. That is sensational. That know, is awesomely good news. Do you know where Mount Kilimanjaro is? Yeah. Where is it? Kenya. Kenya. Okay. Do you know how high it is? Uh, it would be about 20,000, 23,000 feet. It's 5,895 metres. Don't give it to me in metres. I don't know what it is in feet. Ah, well, you should know this. So, it's 5,895. Convert that for me into feet, you old fart, you <laughs> you old imperialist. <laughs> okay. Have you got it? Not yet. Okay, so seven-year-old girl. That's 19,341 feet. Didn't I say 20,000 feet? Very good. Very there good. There you go. I very go. good. Okay, all right. So she's seven years old, youngest person ever to climb this thing. Um, I climbed a mountain when I was seven years old. Was it that tall? I climbed Adamson's Peak in Tasmania. Yeah, dude, come on. That's not (laughs) (laughs) near as tall as Kilimanjaro. It's a cool mountain though. So Mount Kilimanjaro, isn't that the tallest mountain in Africa? I believe so. Yeah. Um, So she was was a record breaker. and it took her and her mum uh, six days to do it, which was no mean feat because the first day of the climb was very breezy, but the second, the, the remainder of the hike was very difficult because they had to deal with pouring rain and freezing temperatures. Oh, no. That's what I had when I climbed Adamson's Peak, which, by the way, is a quarter of the hike. You sound like... It was sleet. Oh, sleet. Sleet. Oh, nasty, ah. nasty. 
Okay, so this is amazing feat, right? The thing is, she climbed the mountain because she wanted to be closer to her dad, who had passed away when she was three years old. Um, and she believes he's in heaven <clears throat> looking down on her. And uh, she wanted to wave and blow kisses and hope that he would see her from the top of the mountain. You know what I'm about to ask you, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make you sound like an ogre on the radio. But I want to know the truth. Would he have seen her? No. Why not? Because of what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that when Jesus comes back, that all those who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. In other words, come out of their graves. And so, yeah, her dad is in his grave waiting for the resurrection. Is that actually like, you know, it makes it sound mean. Like she climbed the mountain for nothing because her dad's not watching. But there's actually a beauty in this. It's more of a, it's better yeah. news, really. Uh, it's, it's much better news because I've been through this experience that this little girl has gone through. Um, and not just climbing a mountain when I was seven years old, uh, albeit a much smaller mountain than that one. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> but I, I've, I, I lost my mother when I was um, not much older than, than this little girl. Mm-hmm. And it's a horrific experience to go through. It's something that no parent would ever want to see their children go through. My dad went through the twin grief of losing his wife and watching what my brother and I went through. And it's just something that you, you, you don't want to wish that on anyone. And I particularly did, would not want to wish that on my mother. Mm. You know, this is something that uh, that she is, you know, she, she suffered enough pain in the lead up to her death without having to suffer the pain of then watching, you know, the rest of our life and how that, you know, that event, her death, her passing away has affected my brother and myself and my dad. You know, because those effects, they, they, you carry them with you for the rest of your life. They never go away. Mm. And we all go through them at some point. It's part of humanity. But who wants to? Who you know? Death is death is something that spares us of further pain. It does not give us further pain. Mm. There's a lot of people out there. You know, I've been to many funerals where they've said, you know, oh, he or she is now looking down on us, and they'll guide us and protect us. You know, all this kind of stuff. So. If the Bible says they aren't in heaven when they die, where do they go? Like, what happens? Yeah, to let me. Well, when that's, they a, die? that's a great question. Let me share with you what the Bible says because let's go with what the Bible says this mm. morning. Because too much myth out there. Let's do some myth busting. Let's talk about King David, of course, who was a righteous man, a man after God's own heart. And um, in Acts chapter two, you'll find that. Let's go down to verse thirty-four. Peter says this: "For David has not gone to heaven." Okay, that's. Yeah, that'd yeah. be surprising. So the question is, where is he? You go back to verse 29, and he says, Men and brethren, let me freely speak to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his grave is with us to this day. And so this is a righteous man. You know, right there in verse 34, uh, where it says, For David is not ascended into heaven, but he said himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit on, your, sit on my right hand. And so David was a person who was exalted by God. He was a saved person. He wasn't a lost person. The Bible says he didn't go to heaven. Mm. He's in his grave. Mm-hmm. He's waiting for the resurrection. That's really clear. Uh, you go to First uh, Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen through eighteen, and this is really critical because this is a verse that we are told to use at funerals and never do. Oh, really? We're told to use it as we are told to use this at a funeral. It says, uh, "For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's really exciting. Praise God. This is, this is amazing news. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together 
with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And notice verse verse 18. It says, Wherefore, or because of this, comfort one another with these words. In other words, use these words at a funeral. Mm. The promise of the resurrection, not the promise of them being in heaven. The Bible says the dead shall rise to life. Because doesn't it also say the dead know nothing? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 is very, very clear on that. The Bible says the dead know nothing. They don't know anything about what you know, anything that takes place uh, whatsoever at all. They have no thoughts. They have no praise. They don't honor God. Um, any of those kind of things. You know, the, the, there's so, there is verse after verse after verse that we could read on this particular subject. And, you know, these pagan myths came into the church in the early centuries of Christianity and became so established that very few people actually stop and question. You won't find a single verse in the Bible that says the soul of the spirit is immortal. So the good news today is the dead are resting. They're not watching us in agony, living our lives, crying and waiting for them.
Welcome back, everybody. You might be wondering why Lawson and Lyle are here this morning. Well, we're not actually here. We just happened to be randomly in the studio yesterday. And we thought, you know what? Seeing as the breakfast show is taking a bit of a break at the moment while the governing body figures out whether it's going to continue or not, so please keep that in your prayers, we were just in the studio and we thought... Let's do a new story. Let's find something that is kind of relevant um, relevant across the board. And uh, Lawson, I found this story here about mm-hmm. water restrictions. Are you on water restrictions yet? Yeah, we, we are here in the Hunter. We're on water restrictions. We just started, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And I suspect that there will be a lot of places in Australia who will be following us on water restrictions. But some places, we, well, I think, what are we on? Level one or two or something or other? Mm-hmm. Um, Bathurst is going to level four and possibly level five in the near future. And so that means that uh, three minute showers are the thing. Lawson, are you a long shower person or a short shower oh, person? Oh, I've talked about this many times on radio about how I love showers. I love sitting down in the shower. That oh. is that is the real best that is like the best experience you'll ever experience in your life. It's over. What? It's over. It's over. What does that it mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Long showers, it is over. Rip. Water restrictions, we've all got to be good uh, citizens now. Um, so, yeah, three-minute showers out there, no watering lawns. Um, yeah, that's going to be the new new norm out in Bathurst. Uh, a couple of other things. Oh, just, yeah, the, the, uh, the dam out there has reached 46.4% and with no rain on the horizon. And so um, it's going – uh, let me just see what I can find here. Uh, It says, for those who want to break the rules by perhaps taking a half-hour shower or watering the grass, Mm. they're urged to think about the consequences of those actions on the city. In 12 months' time, there could be no showers at all, (sighs) Uh, which is pretty serious stuff. So gardens can be watered, but only on Wednesday or Sunday, Mm -hmm. and only between 6 and 9 p.m., and Mm. only for 30 minutes. You want to wash your car? Forget about it. Just leave the dirt on it. You're not allowed to wash the car? No washing cars. What about like professional car washers? Uh, they may be able to because they recycle their water. Okay. Sprinklers? Gone. Definitely. Big, 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 hmm. big no-no right there. Topping up of pools? No. Um, what else have we got here? One bath per person per day with the depth to be no more than 150 millimetres. 150 millimetres? That is nothing. Six inches of water. I I hope you're a small person. (laughs) (laughs) This is appropriate for a baby, I guess. Yeah. You would think think that you would use more water than that in a three-minute shower, but anyway, Mm. uh, that's the the law right there. You kind of wonder how they police this kind of stuff, but anyway, it is what it is. Well, they don't. They just, I guess they just reach out to the goodwill of the people. No using a washing machine unless it is full. Oh, okay. That's uh, good. So, yeah, you can't do half loads or anything like that. It's 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 got to be full. Who does half loads? That's for weak people. Yeah, people just being slack and just like, yeah, I just need these clothes. I'll just throw them in the washing machine. Nope. You've got to wait until that thing fills up. Mm. Or you've got to scour the house looking for uh, <laughs> dirty clothes to throw in there. You've got to do this sniff to make test. A, uh, a, a full load. You know, just because it's like maybe you only have that one thing and you need to worry. You do the little... You know, oh, does it, does it smell good? Does it smell bad? Because yeah, you know Rinse what? Rinse it in deodorant, you know? You know what? <laughs> There's actually a po- You know, sometimes you can get two days out of a shirt. You fully can. Particularly during winter. Mm. You just sort of don't tell anyone. 
Yeah. And you do the sniff test and it's like, yep, nah, that's, that's good to go. Smells like yesterday's deodorant. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should replace baths with deodorant. What do you reckon? With the, oh, dude, I've been advocating for this since my youth. But that's the thing is that I, I love showers so much, like the experience of a shower, that it's like showers would become surplus in society. Like if you're rich, you can have a shower, but everyone else just smashed deodorant. It's interesting. If you go back to the 1800s, of course, um, body odor had not been invented in the 1800s because everybody <laughs> smelt the same and nobody even thought about it. But uh, some of the leading um, health experts... <coughs> Excuse me. In the late 1800s, not very healthy right there, but some of the leading health experts in the late 1800s were actually recommending that people bath, cop this, twice a week. Mm -hmm. This is like in the 1880s. Whoa. That's not very long ago. And this was pretty mind-blowing for most people. You know, you bath twice a week and, you know, make one of those on Friday night so you're kind of clean for the weekend. Mm. Um, or if you're going to church on Sabbath, you know, you, have your, you go out <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you heat the copper up and, and, and get it nice and warm and, and have your hot bath uh, before, uh, before you, you know, to get ready to go to church the next day. Yeah. These days we freak out if we can't have a shower like 10 minutes before we head down the driveway to go to church. Back in the day, it was like, yes, um, time for my weekly bath. My weekly bath. <laughs> maybe we need to bring that, maybe we need to disinvent body odor and instead uh, replace it with um, uh, yeah just go back to um, you know jumping in the dam every now and then well, apparently around jump back out again apparently there's like a lot, uh, I've had conversations with people before they're like oh yeah you know it's like actually better to shower less it's better for your skin I'm not convinced. Uh, Neither am I. I'm like, that that sounds counterintuitive. I think if people are showering twice a day, that might be a little bit too much. But showering Mm. less, yeah, not so convinced. So we need once a day, you reckon? I think once a day is good, but just keep them short. You don't need to have a shower for three minutes. Three minutes is the limit, but you can keep it a lot shorter than that. (laughs) How do you get everything Okay, so what I want you to do is, everybody, um, just do some timing on your shower and see who can get their shower down to the shortest with cleaning everything. Okay. So you're not allowed to leave any parts out, but we want to so see. So you got to like wash my hair. You got to wash your hair. Shave? No. You're going to shave in the shower. I do. Women do. Yeah, guys. Guys. I, 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 let's not even go there with. Uh, with, with, with women are still only get three minute showers. Oof. That's going to be rough. So you do a leg a day. <laughs> anyway, we need to get back to the show. We've been waffling on here plenty long enough about what is happening around the world. We just thought that, uh, hey, we were here. We miss you guys. We love you guys so much. We wanted to uh, jump on air, say hello, record a little piece, and uh, send you on your way. And also, don't stop thinking about water here in this dry country facing a hot, dry summer. I was thirsting for that living water. Drinking from a well that don't satisfy When I met a man, his words were like no other He said, draw from a well that'll never run dry He told me everything I had done He said, come and drink the living water Come and take from streams of life You will thirst no more And you will thirst no more
was hungry for heaven's manna And eating the meat that perishes and dies And I met a man, he walked upon the water He said, come partake of the bread of life The bread that cometh down from heaven said, come and drink the living water. Come and take the bread of life. And you will thirst no more. You will want no more. There's a water that's pure. There's a bread that's true There's a light that shines And He's calling you I was without form and void and darkness All around me was trouble and strife And I met a man He led me from my blindness He said I am the light of life The light that lighted everyone Come and drink the living water Come and take the bread of life Well, first, no more Walking dark, no more In the dark, couldn't find my way Looking for the light of day All around me, trouble and strife Eating the bread that don't lead to life Clouds with no rain were filling my sky I was drinking from the water that don't satisfy I met a man who led me from blindness Spoke to me in words of kindness Gave me to eat of heaven's bread Come follow me, is what he said Told us to be sons and daughters He said I am living water You will thirst no more And you will thirst no more We have a special guest in our studio this morning. Welcome to the program, Matt. 
Thank you so much for having me. Uh, now, Matt, just to give a bit of an introduction, I'm not quite sure how to introduce Matt. So, Matt is our resident uh, American. I'm your resident American. <laughs> yes, resident American, resident uh, philosopher, sage, and general apologist. <laughs> and and, and well, social commentator. Yeah, I like to make social commentary. And, uh, and recently ordained pastor. Yeah. Yes, congratulations. That was fantastic. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. It was a good time. It's really, really awesome to see. So uh, I love, by the way, I just wanted to interject there, um, if I could. I love to, to take what I understand from Scripture mm-hmm. and to make practical, relevant application to social issues. Yeah. Because I think that God's wisdom is, is, you know, Jesus says that the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And, mm-hmm. and I take that to mean that the words that Jesus speaks are practically useful and they apply to real life. That, that's fantastic. And they give us wisdom yeah. in the real world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and this is one of the reasons why I've got you on the show today because I want to get a, uh, I, I guess, a, a little bit of an American perspective yeah. on uh, the war in Syria. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, and I want to get your thoughts on this because, you know, as Australians, we look at what how America responds and sometimes we're like, yeah, and sometimes we shake our heads. And, uh, you know, I guess Australia is probably just as divided over these kinds of issues as America is in, in some ways. But yeah. um, I, I think you've probably got some very um, interesting perspectives to share on it. It's been in the news. Sure. You can't avoid it. Yep. Uh, you've got this accusation that they're using, you know, weapons of mass destruction and chemical right. warfare. And the question is, you know, should, should, should America go in there and, you know, turn the place into a big glass crater or should yep. we, uh, should Australia be involved in it or should we just leave them to, to themselves? Yep. Um, yeah. So share with me, or actually before you do, yes. share with me quickly your where do, where you actually stand philosophically, your background, you are known as being a, generally a social yeah. conservative, right? Yeah, I think in most issues I'd be considered a social conservative. I, and I, um, you know, biblical values to me um, are you know, the, the healthiest, best, and um, wisest way to practice life. Um, former member of the United in, in, States Armed Service? Yeah, that's right. I served in the United States Navy for four years and on the USS Kitty Hawk. Mm-hmm. And I actually tra- traveled to Australia oh, while, while I was a U.S. sailor in 1990. Seven. I remember when the Kitty Hawk came down here awesome. in 97. It was awesome. Yeah, look, I, I've served my country. I come from a family of, of military servants. My father was in the Vietnam War. My great-grandfather was served in World War II, both combat veterans. My great-grandfather served in World War I. Um, our family is, is definitely a family of patriots, military servants. We would all be considered social conservatives in today's political climate. You sure. Know, maybe 25 years ago, we might sure. not be considered political conservatives or, or, or social conservatives. And I don't even know if I'd call myself a political conservative as much as on certain social issues like abortion, like sexuality. I would definitely fall on the side of social conservatism for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I would consider myself... For biblical a, a, reasons. Uh, yeah, that's right. For biblical reasons. I would consider myself, you know, in the... In the spectrum of, of political like labels, I would consider myself a constitutional conservative, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. basically an American constitutional conservative. I feel that the the values espoused in the United States Constitution are, for the most part, consistent with biblical ideals. So you'd be totally in support of uh, of going into Syria and uh, you know attacking <laughs> attacking a nation that is using weapons of mass destruction and is using chemical warfare and murdering their own people. <laughs> No, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. This is why you're having me on. No, if I were to distill my view of uh, of what's happening, right? If I were basically to distill my view on war down into just a few short statements, I would say that before you go into a sovereign nation and kill lots of people, 
Hmm. You better be sure that you have a justifiable reason. And so unlike many social conservatives, I, I, I don't in any way, shape, or form feel that at this point in time, war in Syria is justified. Not at all, not even a little bit. Um, we've heard this, this notion of weapons of mass destruction before. Um, we've heard it with Iraq. We've heard it... You know, yes, and we, 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 that was the whole reason we, 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 we went to Iraq, you know, both the United States and Australia. That's right. And spent what, billions and billions of dollars per day. <laughs> Billions, and, and, yeah. and lives. How many lives would have been lost as a result of that? Hundreds of thousands of Iraqi lives were, were, were lost uh, due to a fabricated pretext uh, for war that, that was not um, validated at the time. And uh, it's a travesty. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's, it's unbelievable. So we did that all based on the rumor yeah. of weapons of mass destruction. Absolutely. On, on supposedly... Uh, verified intelligence and and yeah, look. When it comes to war, I think that you know, for modern Western uh, citizens, war is like it's a news report. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a television event, and I don't think that the the horrors of war, the the reality of, and the devastation of war, is in any way familiar with the average person who sits and watches watches TV. Mm. And so it's very easy to sit back and, and listen to politicians and and pundits on the media just talk about war and and the justification for war and and, and not really take it seriously mm-hmm. and not not really sit back and say wait 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 before we send people our sons and our daughters to kill. Tens of thousands of human beings, and, and of course, and, and of course, civil- you know, there's American and Australian lives who were lost in those conflicts as well. Absolutely, yeah, that's right. And and you know, before you overturn and topple a government that provides stability, some level, some measure of stability, uh, some some measure of order in a society, you better be sure. <laughs> you better be like absolutely, um, without a shadow of a doubt, completely, totally certain that this is something that is 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 really a good idea. Um, and we've never seen it be a good idea. We've never seen nation-building work. We've never seen uh, foreign incursion of, uh, where we topple governments and you know, under whatever pretext. Mm-hmm. We've never seen it work. We've never seen it amount to anything good. And so why is it that we continue to, to do it? It's Isn't that the definition insane. of insanity? It's insane. Doing the same thing and expecting a different result? That's right. That's right. You know, I've heard the statement before. It, it says that one thing we learn from history is that men never learn from history. Mm-hmm. And, and in, even re- in recent history, we've seen that, that these foreign incursions, when we topple governments in the name of freedom, in the name of democracy, it never creates more freedom. It never creates more democracy. And, and it's just it's astounding to me that we keep doing it over and over and over again. Um, and, and we sit by, by the way, this is what's so ironic about this notion that we should just go into Syria because uh, Assad... Because there's a rumor. Assad's regime is, is cruel and tyrannical and terrible, and they use chemical weapons against their own people. None of this is verified, by the way. We, mm-hmm. we don't know any of this by, like, scientifically. We don't mm-hmm. know if any of this is true. Um, but, we, but we say these things. We care about these people. We want to depose dictators and create, you know, freer, uh, happier societies. But... but all around us, there are there there's societies and governments that are that are far worse than than Assad than Assad's Syrian government, you mm-hmm, know. And, mm-hmm. and so we just don't seem to, to care too much about that. Okay, so this is a question. We are we are we are concerned in that we want to protect civil, the civilian population of Syria. Right. So That's the basic argument behind. We need to protect the civilian population of Syria. So let's go on and 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 just blast the place with um, yep. cruise missiles. Um, so. Why are we concerned about the civilian population of Syria or Iraq or countries like this where we were never concerned about the civilian population of, say, Rwanda? <laughs> That's right. That's exactly the case. And it, it, it pains What's me. What's the really. difference between those two countries? Well, the difference is, is that, 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 that we have some interest, right? We, mm-hmm. we just have some 
geopolitical interest in the region, and therefore we want to find reasons to, mm-hmm. I think, I think, come in and invade. I, I really in other do, words, this sounds conspiratorial. Okay, I know it. And I this get is, it. This is, I just say I, my, my, my conspiracy yeah. theory, um, very simply, yeah. is that uh, the Middle East has oil and Africa doesn't. <laughs> well, the UN, you know, I read a book called Shake Hands with the Devil, and I would recommend that everybody reads that book. It was written by Romeo Dallaire. He was the UN general. He's a Canadian general who was in charge of the United Nations forces in Rwanda in the 1990s when the genocide in Rwanda broke out. And uh, he basically just describes what happened there. And, and he's got, like, messages from the United Nations to himself. These are, like, personal messages that they sent to him while he was begging them, begging them to stop the killing of, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't lift a finger. And he was begging and begging and begging for international support. And one of the communications, and he's got it in his book, he says that it comes from the UN. Uh, the reason why the UN will not, the ultimate reason why they will not interfere is that the only resource in Rwanda was people. Literally, this is like he's yeah, got yeah, it in the book. Really, it's that's, documented. That's really it's, it's, discouraging. It's hey, we've got a yeah. uh, we've got a caller that's come through um, who'd like to ask a question. Um, no, we don't know. Oh, we've got a message coming through. I've got, I'm getting signals from our producer, <laughs> but we'll just uh, we'll just keep going on yep. and, and talking about it. And so you know, so so what it what it what it seems to me then, and just you know, looking on is that uh, yeah, we go to, we go to warfare where we have you know a, a political interest, a financial interest, really. That's right. Uh, rather than where there's a, uh, a humanitarian crisis that needs Absolutely. to be taken Human care of. life matters, yeah. whether it's in the womb, whether it's in a foreign country, and we should care about protecting it and, and, and be sure that if we're ever going to take it, mm-hmm. that, that it's warranted for sure. Thank you so much for joining us on yes. the show today, Matt. We really appreciate your time and to give us that perspective, uh, which is a, uh, an unusual perspective coming from where you come from. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord He is trampling out the vintage where The grapes of wrath are stored He hath loosed the fateful lightning Of His terrible swift sword His truth is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah His truth is marching on In the beauty of the lilies Christ was born across the sea With the glory in His bosom that transfigures you and me As He died to make men holy Let us live to make men free While God is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah His truth is marching on His truth is 
Hey, Mon. Mm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. Are you looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
beside the Lord on the flower. 